0: to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable.
1: Anybody can get What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 316 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, What up, Vin?
0: What's going on, brother? As you can see, we hit pay-per-view and the drip is in full effect, son. (laughs) Oh man, the coconut Manolo drip.
1: And I see you got a little, uh, some bling on your, uh, some drip on your... (laughs) Is that what the kids call a drip (laughs) on your wrist there too, man? Oh, we
0: icy over here, baby. We real icy. So you sponsored by DSG for this episode? Oh, you know it, son. We we flexing a little cabbage for him here too. (laughs) Hitting corners in my Manolo, girl.
1: (laughs) Oh man, Uh, this is lovely. Um, It is episode 316 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Uh, We got a loaded episode Haney Linares last night, Nonito Donaire winning another title in spectacular fashion. Floyd Mayweather um, injecting himself back into our periphery once again, and we got the fight announcement: uh, the return of Triple G Gennady Golovkin. Um, but it actually won't be his return because he'll return sooner <laughs> than the uh, than the end of December bout, um, which should put. A nice cherry on what is lining up to be a fantastic 2021 as Gennady Golovkin uh, squares off against Ryota Murata in Tokyo, Japan in a uh, mega boxing event to close out the year. Um, So it is a packed episode. We appreciate all of you joining us here on Patreon. Uh, The boxing rant is being offered now exclusively through Patreon. Different tiers uh, for every one of our listeners, uh, video watchers, um, serial masturbators—I uh, <laughs> <laughs> think that probably covers at least at least seventy-five percent of our of our audience, right there. But there's going to be so much more premium content. So if you're here just for the podcast, that's great. We appreciate that. We appreciate you supporting us, enabling more of the nonsense that we spew. It's going to be like. As similar to the injection or the cocktail that Jean Pascal took prior to his scheduled fight this upcoming weekend that he's
0: not now not going to participate in <laughs> i think it's it's pretty fitting that the king of, of pay-per-view boxing makes his return as we enter the arena of pay-per-view my friend <laughs> pay-per-view clout, it's the
1: it's the best value <laughs> that we can offer here you know it, they say they say ken what are we going to get out of this subscription? And I look at him and I say, pay-per-view clout." I mean, (laughs) you know, like you don't ever tease them with like little nibbles. You go, you go right to the crux. You say, this is what you can achieve. Um, And this is the, uh, the shortcut to it. We're all looking (laughs) for for shortcuts (laughs) these days. So instead of uh, buying your favorite fighters, pay-per-view, Just buy this show and listen to us talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But we appreciate all of you uh, subscribing. Tell your friends, patreon.com backslash boxing rant. Uh, We'll have updates on premium content as they come. Um, We're going to have some some premium stuff dropping here soon. We will do betting odds and picks as soon as there's something uh, worth putting money on. Vin, tell the kids out there why it's not a good week to
0: bet. Well, I mean, you got uh, what a thousand to one on on Mayweather. You got twelve hundred to one on uh, on Jared Heard. There's just there's zero value. There's not even a. <laughs> how is Jared Hurd a bigger favorite? Uh, yeah, well, that goes to show you how dumb the 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 average betting man is. That they can set a line like that and people are too too fucking stupid to realize that they're being played. I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Well, I guess that is good betting advice. Then stay away from all of this crap. But but we will be passing out some winners because l- let it be known that I hit a two parlays last night. We had Lenaris Haney over eight and a half teamed up with uh, Subriel Matias to win. And then we hit a three-legger with Gary Antoine Russell, Gary. Devin Haney, and Nonito Donaire. Both of them paid out like two and a half, three to one. So yeah, man, we're we're gonna give you some good ones here moving forward, but this ain't the week. <laughs> nah,
1: nah, this ain't it. Um, so we move forward with episode three hundred sixteen of the boxing rant. Just you know, pay attention to your Patreon page. Pay attention uh, on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. at Vince Cummings eighty one. Um, hit us up directly, and uh, you know we'll be uh, more than happy to help you with pretty much everything except for. Uh, reach rounds and uh, and blowjobs.
0: Yeah. So, dick, dick pics are not a part of the subscription basis. I know that's been asked by many. Uh, they will <laughs> they will not be a part of it. <laughs> to the chagrin of of most.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So let's get down to business, Vin. Uh, last night the big fight, the one that I really got up for. Uh, that I was I was focused. It was the A side for me. Devin Haney versus Jorge Linares as Haney finally had an opportunity to fight at the world level for that belt um, that he received via uh, it was Amazon Prime. Uh, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> there's rumors for a while there that it was FedEx. But look, there needed to be some credibility lended to that title in an age when, yes, titles can make fights, but let's also remember that uh, <laughs> titles also contribute you know an attraction at this circus we call boxing um so Devin Haney needed this for more than just legitimizing a title um it was to show that he is what he's been telling us because you know we live in an era where everybody just tells everybody what they are who they are and we're just supposed to go with that Devin Haney Should have known better. Boxing is the ultimate truth serum. Getting in the ring is the only way to show that you are the absolute truth. And I tell you what, when this fight started last night, then um, the way that Devin Haney opened up in the fight and Linares with a cautious uh, sort of calculating approach. Devin Haney was behind that jab, just like you said in the preview show, that would be a key. And for those first three or four rounds, man, I'm sitting here watching, dude, if Devin Haney does this for the rest of this fight, he will win this thing going away. And then at some point, things just start to fall apart. Take it from there, Ben.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a weird start from Lenars, but I think uh, I heard him after the fight uh, in the locker room talking to Devin Haney. And he said, yeah, I came out and I was, I was just really tight for the first four or five rounds. I couldn't get loose. And, and, and that makes sense, you know, after watching it. But I, I also think, you know, you come into a fight with a guy like Devin Haney and he's pumping that jab in your face with the uh, quickness and precision that he does. It takes a couple of rounds to figure out how you're going to navigate this fucking jab that you've never seen. That I'm going to tell you people right now. I'm not saying that Devin Haney has the best jab in boxing right now, but it is one of them. And for a 22 year old of the young fighters that are out there, he's got the best jab out of them by a long shot. And that's kind of how I judge longevity of a career. You know, when you're looking at a young fighter, somebody who who can operate behind a jab like that is going to have a successful fucking career. But you're right; at a certain point, the tides turned in that fight. I do think Devin Haney felt an obligation to start to go for it, to open up a little bit. I think he started to step into the pocket and started to get into exchanges. And when he did get into exchanges with Lenars, Lenars had some success, a lot of success with left hooks, a lot, a lot of success with left hooks. I was surprised at how many he was able to land with the ease he was able to land it. Um, he was able to land some right hands too. And, and, and look, man, I know everybody's like, oh, Devin Haney, got he got staggered in the 10th round and stumbled back to his corner. He was on stanky legs, and, and I get it. it, it look, that, that happens to fighters, folks. Like, this is the big time, okay? When you're fight fighting a guy like a Jorge Linares, I don't care how good you fucking are, okay? Vasily Lomachenko got dropped by Jorge Linares, and guess what? At the time that he got dropped, he was either tied or behind on cards in that fight so there's there's all you know everything's relative as to what happens in a fight just because somebody gets hit on the chin and gets wobbled it does not all of a sudden make them like extra vulnerable or to, now he has a questionable chin jorge Linares has been able to hurt and drop a lot of fighters it, it, this is not uh, this is not an indictment of 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 any kind on devin haney at least in my opinion it isn't now what is an indictment, what is glaring coming away from that is that Devin Haney was not able at any point in that fight to hurt Lenarris at all. That is the biggest takeaway for me in this fight. That is a bit of a red flag. you know he was able to outbox lenars, which is to me that's that says that says more than not hurting not being able to hurt lenars being able as a twenty two year old Young man to step into a ring against a polished pro fighter like Lenars and outbox him says an awful fucking lot, lot about how good of a boxer Devin Haney is. But at those levels, you see what happens when he opened up and when he got touched by Lenars. That's going to happen in other big fights with other big fighters. If you can, in turn, back your opponent off with that same type of power or be able to at least hurt your opponent in those situations, you know moving up in weight, and maybe Haney picks up power as he moves up in weight, maybe one thirty five is that that weight suck kind of drains power out of him, but that that could be a major problem for him moving forward, but beyond that, I think the kid boxed brilliantly until that point to touch
1: on the weight thing you know if if one thirty five if he's not comfortable making that, one of the things that stood out to me like from from the jump of this fight was how naturally bigger Devin Haney looked than Jorge Linares. Like Linares has always been a really low body fat content guy.
0: Mm -hmm. Like the dude's
1: like in like fitness exhibition shape. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's ready to go up on stage in a fucking, in a speedo and fucking pose. (laughs) And I'm down with that as long as his wife's up there posing with him. Right. (laughs) Um, But Devin Haney looks bigger. Like he has a bigger frame. He's, he's just bigger boned you know? Uh, he, he looks more like a natural welterweight than he does a lightweight, which is where we all think he'll he'll wind up and make, uh, you know, his biggest hay in his career will probably have, happen at the Glamour Division of 147 pounds anyways. But another thing that that stood out to me, I just really had a hard time wrapping my head around was the strategy. You know, like we're sitting here talking about the guy's jab and, you know, we're talking about like this, you know, he says this need to, like, put on a show for the fans. To me, it looked unnatural. At first, I was like, oh, look at him. He's kind of going like Andre Ward. Like, he's getting rugged. Like, you know? And it it looked uncoordinated to me. It looked unnatural to me. Some of it seemed good. Because, you know, from time to time, like, Devin Haney, like, when he makes a guy miss, he's not just doing, like, he's not just moving his upper body. I mean, dude, he does these parries where he's he's bringing his glove way up and he'll just be like, ting, you know what I mean? Like he's deflecting punches in a very, very clever way. But when he gets out of what he was doing in those first three or four rounds and tries to transform into this other fighter, I think it was strategically (laughs) fucking stupid. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, dude, you could have, Not not that I was like requesting a boring fight. I'm glad that it got exciting, but I think either way, Jorge Linares, like once he got loosened up and once he got comfortable and the timing and the speed and everything down, I think it was going to evolve into a fight anyways. I'm glad it was entertaining. I'm not hating on Devin Haney for trying to entertain me. Right. (laughs) I'm just, I'm trying. It's the dichotomy of approaches in the fight, which to me, Almost cost him the fight. Now, getting getting wobbled like that and being on Queer Street for a round and a half after uh, Linares touched him up with that that short, short, just beautiful right hand. We were talking about short, beautiful power punches with Josh Taylor, but, dude, Linares is straight right. That thing comes out of nowhere sometimes. Yes, it does. Um, you know, and he chin-checked him. I, he'll probably be more sturdy when he moves up in weight. I, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about it. But when you take the whole story of the fight and put it together, to me, I I, I walk away from it going, I think it's Tiafimo and Haney, but I don't think that fight happens at 135 pounds. It doesn't make sense if both guys are busting at the seam. So maybe it happens at 140. I think that's the fight physically. Those two seem each other's equal. I just think, Devin, I said it in the preview. I'm not so sure he's got it all together between the ears. Like when you flip flop styles so recklessly in a fight against a guy that you clearly can't hurt a compromised fighter. he has been knocked out five times. (laughs) He's compromised.
0: Every time he's lost, he's been knocked out.
1: Yes. And you looked piss poor in previous, you know, I don't know. I mean, at first, the first half of the fight, Vin, I'm watching Devin Haney going, "Wow, this is the best I have seen Devin Haney fight." Period. He looked great. He looked great. I was so impressed. And then it's like he started day drinking, man, and the fucking thing, the wheels just started
0: falling off at 4 p.m. I'm telling <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> and that's honestly that is the pressure that he that he feels. Uh, you, you know, he's he hears the chatter. To me, that tells me right now, you know, when it, when a fighter does something like that, you need to stop listening to that bullshit. But it's well, his fault. He instigates all of it. Oh, he he certainly does. Uh, you know, him comparing himself to Floyd Mayweather and and all this stuff. Like when you talk yourself into these levels, you better be able to produce at least somewhere near that. And you really weren't able to. So that that is you blame yourself for that. I get it. You're going to talk like that. You're going to hear the the responses that he gets from people, but you can't listen to it. You got to tune that shit out because you're exactly right. Had he stuck to what he was doing for the first five or six rounds in that fight, we're going to get 11 to one, 12, nothing shutout of fucking whitewashing and a complete schooling of a great boxer. And I think everybody would have walked away from that going well, damn, you know, he wasn't able to hurt or stop Lenaris, but God damn, he fucking just schooled a world-class fighter. That is seriously impressive, but he didn't. He decided to let that chatter that he's hearing outside the ring and, and it got to him and he went for it. And, and moving forward, I would if I'm in his corner, my suggestion to him is look, we may be boring right now. Okay. We may not be able to get the stoppage, but there can't. Can't nobody touch us when we box, when we do us, when yeah. we do what we're good at. Nobody can fuck with us. You know, I even if like you just brought up the Tiafimo fight, if he decides to box Tiafimo Lopez, he's a better boxer than Tiafimo Lopez right now. I agree. If he if he fights like he
1: did in those first rounds, I favor him to win. But Can he, can he do that?
0: He'll get knocked out by Teofimo Lopez if he tries to use the same strategy. You run into a right hand from Teofimo Lopez like you did from Linar, so it's going to be a different story.
1: You know what, man? Whatever comes next for Devin Haney, they need to come up with a sound game plan um, to, to do him. I don't think that there's anybody uh, in and around those divisions right now that could handle um, the size, the jab, and the boxing ability um, if they focus on that. Because you can't make power, you know, materialize out of thin air just because you
0: you need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's got he's got the snap. He's got the crackle. He just ain't got that pop yet. <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, no,
1: he does not. All right. So Devin Haney is still. Well, actually, now we're crowning him <laughs> and the new <laughs> WBC lightweight champion of the world, uh, Devin Haney. Looking forward to his next fight, no doubt. All right, Vin, over on Showtime, um, there's a bantamweight championship fight on the line as Nordin uh defended his WBC belt against Nonito Donaire. Um, it seems like a rebirth of Donaire after an epic fight of the year uh, performance against the monster, Niowa Inouye. 38 years old. And the dude, this guy has been a lock hall of famer for i don't know six seven years yeah easily he had the run at at 126 that people were like "Uh, is this is this a cash out why is he doing this right but now he's back where he belongs and uh maybe he doesn't even belong there because nonito Donaire looked like fucking godzilla in the ring against oboali last night he was huge and that left hook was humming <laughs> <laughs> got you a little size did it ken oh dude it was like fucking emerald putting that
0: fucking essence on them pork chops bam <laughs> <laughs> dude that was i mean talk about a fucking rebirth for a guy that uh you know it, never do you ever see fighters come down and wait back to their where they should be later on in their career and look great doing it uh, dude that was an absolute that was destruction and destroy, as Marvin Hagler calls it. I mean, he just, he marched him down and just absolutely destroyed Obali. And, I, you know, I couldn't believe the odds coming into the fight. I, I know Obali a, is a solid fighter, but what we saw from Donaire against Inouye, and let's also say this right now, now that we've seen Donaire do that to Obali, I just want people to understand how special what way was able to do to, to Donaire is, as we talk about how special of a fighter Donaire is now, I, it's—I mean, it's legit. Like, the, and 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 I'd say it right now that Donaire at 118. You know, I know everybody's going to want to talk about a rematch with, with Inoue after that fight, after that performance. I, I, you know, I don't know where he goes, and I don't really care. He's got nothing left to prove to me fight as a Riggo. Yeah, rematch Rigo. How, how whatever you want to do. He's got nothing left to prove to me. I'm just fucking amazed at that level of performance that he put on last night. I kind of expected him to like to have something taken out of him after that tough fight. But dude, he looked like he looked so fresh. 38 years old. At, at at this weight that is not when you do work like he did last <laughs> night in that ring that was just that was unfucking believable man and just a great fucking cap to the entire night of boxing
1: well yeah and and you know you and i've never been like i think we're kind of the belief when it comes to steroids yeah you shouldn't take them because it's not fair but if everybody did
0: steroids <laughs> what's- yeah
1: go ahead i'd be completely okay with it um so you know we're kind of indifferent to the topic but I, I think that it 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 does say something um in a sport that has been polluted uh you know with positive tests in a sport where you can just say that you ate at fucking el albaco steak steakhouse <laughs> el, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> good, good good eye Mike <laughs> bienvenidos el albaco <laughs> and uh and and that's like getting a doctor's note, you know what i mean, for skipping school. It's the same thing. Yep. Right? Um but you know, i think that it, it is it is something remarkable, which is why i bring it up that Nonito Donaire does this and he has been literally the only 100% clean fighter that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like him and Golovkin. Golovkin's been in what? In 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 heavy testing for, you know, quite a while now but nonito has been clean since like we were in high school
0: (laughs) yeah a long time (laughs) yeah
1: um yeah it's remarkable man especially at those small weight classes but let me ask you this question so you and i were in allentown pennsylvania when we saw rigondial in action um in the undercard of the last sighting of gurry russell right that version of Rigo that we saw in that fight versus the version of Nonito, the Filipino Flash that we witnessed last night. Who do you favor? Because I know if they would have rematched within a year or two, I think most people would have picked Rigo. Um, what say you now? Especially
0: that Rigo is in his in his early fifties. <laughs> it's it's based on the way that first fight went and how dominant Rigo was. It's hard not to like say he's going to do that again, or at least be able to win the fight. But it seems to me that Rigo has slipped uh, very far down the mountain from the peak. I mean, he's he's a, he's at base camp right now. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's going back up. So, yeah, you give me that performance that Donaire put on last night against the Rigo that we saw in Allentown. That was uh, they go dock your pay, Rigo. <laughs> They're going to dock your pay.
1: (laughs) That is still one of the best fucking crowd heckles of all time. Quiet arena.
0: (laughs) They're going to dock your pay, Rigo. (laughs) It was literally the most boring fight I've ever seen live. It was bad. So, yes, give me Donaire in in the second iteration of that fight.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I'll fade that as well. Just one comment about the card. Uh, overall, just peripheral bullshit nonsense, dude. It really bothers me that Jack Reese is so fucking in your face, touchy feely. And maybe it's just because we're on the back end of a pandemic, so I'm still a little sus of people, even though I'm <laughs> vaccinated. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm cool, but I'm not. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jack Reese, like every like dude. When Nonito Donaire would drop Obali. Jack Reese was like in his face. He's like, <laughs> Yeah. He's like, He's like, Oh, Bali, if
0: I tickle your balls the way you wake up. <laughs> like,
1: he's so close to him.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm going to tip whack you, son. I'm going to tip whack you. I'm going to need a reaction. <laughs> That's Jack Reese. Always trying to get that shine. Yeah, that I was just gonna say. I mean, that Jack Reese has got to be, got to make himself the star of the show at at some point. Oh, dude, dude! After all the fucking shine that Kenny Bayless got recently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't stealing Jack shine, man. Nah. nah. I, and look, the fact that he let Obali get up that last time is like, hey, hey, Jack, uh, this this guy's done, dude. He's on fucking Queer Street, like. do you, do you want the guy to get murdered? Like, seriously, you, you're going to get this guy fucking killed. He was done. And <laughs> and Reese, Reese does that all the time, which you, if you're a fighter, I guess you fucking appreciate that he's going to give you a chance. But in that situation, man, the, the type of punches and the destruction that, that Donaire was just unleashing on Obali, you got to fucking know, like, let me save this guy from himself here.
1: It's only the good refs that come under this kind of scrutiny because remember kenny bayless at one time was considered a good ref right oh yeah jack reese is considered to be a good and fair pretty consistent referee but he gets fried because he's a he's clearly he he likes fucking shine oh absolutely and that's fine that's fine i mean you see the same thing In the UK, like, you know, uh, there's so many of our UK following that that fucking hate Howard Foster. They absolutely despise him. But honestly, I think the, the reason he comes under scrutiny is because he does the biggest fights and, you know, he's also scores fights. So he's got a reputation for that. As well, but as an in-ring referee, unfortunately, he's probably the best the UK has. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it works, though, right? Yes, unfortunately. Um, all right, before we leave, anything on the undercard you want to touch on, Ven?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I know Donair stole the show pretty much for, for boxing fans last night, but there's two fighters on that Showtime undercard. First of all, the entire card from an entertainment perspective was Fucking top notch! That was a a fight fans card, but Gary Antoine Russell putting the beating the brakes off uh, uh, Giovanni Santiago, who just recently fought Adrian Broner and probably won the fight and deserved to win the fight. Gary Antoine Russell stopped him in six. And you want to talk about a seriously electric fucking fighter? I mean, a major major fucking problem at one hundred and forty pounds right now for anybody right now. Hand speed of his brother is all there. All all of the skills that his brother possesses, except Gary's got some power. And Gary's a Southpaw. And he's fucking slick, dude. And, and I'm telling you right now, it's only a matter of time. <clears throat> you know, the kid doesn't have much behind him outside of his performances in the ring. He's not brash. He's not loud. You're not going to hear much from him. Hopefully, he does not go on the fucking Russell you know, one year, uh, uh, one fight a year plan, but he's fourteen and zero with fourteen knockouts right now, and uh, I, he is, for my money, uh, he's he is the prospect of the year in the sport of boxing. And unless something serious happens between in the next six months, uh, he will be he will be that for us at the boxing rant. And then after that, you got Subriel Matias against Jukumbayev in a what was a just a vicious, brutal, brutal fight. And Subriel Matias is, you know, better known for being the guy who uh, took Maxim Dadashov's life in the ring uh, almost two years ago now. But it's just a guy that is absol- an absolute fucking wrecking ball. I mean, just a wrecking ball. He beats guys up so bad. It's, it's one of the things where you don't notice it until about the fourth or fifth round and you get a look at his, at his opponent's face and you go, oh my God his fucking face is, is, is disfigured. It's just completely swollen and he just throws these vicious punches. He's constantly got the pressure on you. Another 140 pound fighter. Um, you know, I know that weight class is going to kind of clear out and we got a bunch of young fighters coming up from one thirty five. We got Matias, we got Antoine Russell in there right now. Uh, there's some serious talent at that weight to fill in when the likes of Ramirez and Josh Taylor move on. So Just for everybody, those are two fucking fighters moving forward that you definitely want to keep your eyes on. There's a lot of good young talent in boxing right now, man. It just happens to be of the smaller sizes, which is fine, dude. They're fucking entertaining fighters, man. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And look, we may have some fucking epic heavyweight clashes on the horizon anyways. Yep. You know? Um, I just can't wait until we can, you know, do the, uh, uh, you know, the retirement parties of the current 147 pound division.
0: Oh, it's coming. It's coming (laughs) very
1: soon. And hopefully, you know, at that same time, maybe you can retire your coconut Manolo drip. You know, and sign it and we'll give it away. We'll auction it off. I know, I know at least two or three jerk offs that are subscribed to this podcast
0: that'll rub their fucking nuts all over that thing. (laughs) I'll rub my nuts on it for you, but right before I ship it, man. Oh, 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 man.
1: (laughs) You know how the outside of a coconut feels fuzzy? Oh, okay. Um, then fight yes. preview. How about this? We have some, uh, some real fights mixed with imaginary fights, but the imaginary fight will lead the way. They're calling it an exhibition. Floyd Mayweather, I'm assuming still walks around somewhere in the, in the mid 100 pound range is going to be taking on basically a cruiserweight in Logan Paul in an exhibition. Because with all of the success that Triller's been having lately, oh, Floyd Mayweather needs to dip his toe back in there and replenish some of them large ends. When you saw Floyd training for this, did he not appear to be like maybe a fill-in, like a homeless man from a nearby corner that they put a T shirt on? I mean... I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with his hair? Like I'm looking at his head and I'm like, why does Floyd look like he's 63?
0: I don't know why he did that goofy shit, man. (laughs) He looks so old Vin. What is he? I don't like you would think at this point in time with the advancements in hair transplant surgery that Floyd would be able to afford better than having millions of ant legs stapled to your head or plucked curly pubes from my balls that, that they put some product on. And I like, what, what is he, what, what is this guy doing? The guy's, the guy's worth a billion dollars, isn't he? (laughs) How do you, how do you know what, what fucking little curlies with product on them look like. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if it's a big night, I style it up, son. <laughs> I, give my, I give my balls a perm. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: junk, junk looks like a poodle coming out. <laughs> I even put a, I even got a little, little mini pick uh, stick in that joint. (laughs) Oh, dude, that
1: was a fucking fatality, dude.
0: Oh, Oh, you just decapitated me with that.
1: Oh man. Uh,
0: So there's a fight, there's a fight and it's real and it's happening Saturday night, buddy. So what you're telling me is that (laughs) that Floyd could use some styling tips from
1: from your satchel. Is that
0: that the moral of the story here? It's not a satchel. It's a man purse, Ken. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. So uh, Floyd Mayweather is a minus 1,000 favorite in this fight, right? Yeah. I'm a little confused by this, though. So in the undercard, Jarrett Hurd is fighting Luis Arias, and, you know, sort of a get-back fight. Um, and he's favored more. Luis Arias is an actual fighter. Yes. I, mean, I know. I know Logan Paul is big, but if any of you out there think that Logan Paul could run amok in this without being contractually strapped to a lawsuit that would end his life, basically... <laughs> There's no way that language and parameters does not exist in whatever contract they have for this exhibition. Now, personally, I think it would be fantastic if Logan Paul were, like, if this was like a real celebrity death match here and Logan Paul could just, it's no holds bar, could do whatever he wants. Now, that's not to say that Floyd Mayweather wouldn't just one time peace on his way in, night, night, Logan, Paul, whatever. But I just have a hard time believing that whatever size advantages that Logan Paul thinks he has in this
0: fight against Floyd Mayweather, I don't think he's going to be allowed to use them. Ken, if there's not some form of outside interference in this fight, (laughs) if this doesn't turn into, like, honestly, obviously this is heading towards a Floyd Mayweather-Jake Paul fight at some point, right? I mean, he did the whole gotcha hat thing that everybody fucking loved for, you know, a whole two hours on the internet that was a thing. Gotcha hat, gotcha hat. Like, that, i mean it made me laugh for about 30 seconds and i was like all right this is so fucking lame like this is where we're going here and that you know that leads everybody to be like oh look at jake paul's such a mastermind at selling fights it's like, he's ahead of the, he's ahead of the whole game he's he's even he's he's taking mayweather to school ken it's like all right everybody relax on the fucking
1: jake paul shit Isn't it so funny how it's always the media that's leading the charge and being like so fascinated by stuff like that? You know, (laughs) it's like they lead the charge on 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 why people become interested in stuff like that. It's just it's like, dude, you guys are incessant fucking showed sniffers. (laughs) You know, it's like a religion to them. It's like. They're the you know like fucking chode sniffing is their
0: Scientology. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. Uh, uh. This this entire thing, man. I, uh, to me, the other thing is, is and I know in today's society, you know the ADD that is just runs rampant with everybody. You, you're not going to see how big an event is until like a couple days before when when it comes on people's radars. Yeah, but this doesn't seem like it has the the buzz. This doesn't it's seem. It's not like, a real fight.
1: That's- yeah. I, that's the only reason I think it's like we we have been on here fucking talk about how much fun we've had with Triller and how we'll we'll buy the next one. Right.
0: Yeah. But yeah, this isn't a real fight. Well, and and they're it's they're trying to make it a, like a real fight. This is you think the Showtime broadcast is going to be anything like a Triller broadcast. That's just not going to be like Showtime trying to lend credibility to it, I think, is a mistake. Like yeah. you want to approach this with the Triller approach. Not like, oh, this is Floyd Mayweather's return to the sport of boxing. No, this is a circus sideshow. It is what it is. But don't legitimize it. No,
1: no. Um, well, let's talk about the, I guess, the only fight that we know right now, and unless you know something that I don't, and, and Badu Jack has an opponent already, but Jarrett Hurd and Luis Arias. So you and I were in Vegas um, not too long ago for the Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez fight. And we saw Jarrett Hurd there. And he looks bigger than you, Vin. Yeah. He, I mean, he literally looks like he's, I don't know, 6'1", six, six, 210. I mean, he was enormous. And you're telling me he's he's fighting at 154 pounds in two weeks? There is no way that this can be good for my man, Jarrett. And, you know, I'll be rocking my Jarrett Swift herd shirt on the show from time to time. I, <laughs> um, but I can't wear two shows in a row, so get all my nuts. Dude, Jarrett Hurd, this, this cannot be good for my guy. And I'm concerned. Why not go to 160 pounds and play? Like, there's nobody there you should be afraid of. 160 looks like a fun land, you know? <laughs> Especially when you have... The sort of physical advantages that Jared Hurd has. You know, eventually this is going to catch up to him sticking around at 154. Maybe he, I, you know, I don't get it. Maybe it's no problem for him. Maybe his thighs are literally just like a bone with like a, a, a wrapper of skin around it. I don't know. Right. You know, but the dude
0: looks sized. He looks sized. He looked bigger than us. I, I w- I'll tell you what, I would not be surprised of is that he doesn't make 154.
1: Ooh, there's that thought.
0: I mean, I just, what, why does it matter? It's it, it kind of, you know, it's, it's, all, this isn't kind of off the radar fight for him. It's, it's like a, it's like a free practice fight. Like nobody's going to be watching. So you can practice fight here against Luis Arias. And there's kind of some rules, but the, the, the event behind it's a, it's just a circus. So,
1: and they can <laughs> give him a big paycheck too.
0: Yeah. And, and, and he, he, for whatever reason has this obsession with, with, sticking around and, and fighting Jermel Charlo for, you know, undisputed status after after he fights Brian Castano here, which that is it's not a given that he's going to beat Brian Castano, Charlo. So, either way, I it, to me it's very odd the way he's handled ever since that J-Rock fight. If you're still at 154 now, uh why wouldn't you try to get revenge on the guy that beat you at 154? Why wouldn't that be what you do? I it's just his career path. I I'm having a hard time understanding what what's happening, where they're headed. But you're right. Fucking go to 160. That's a you, you go up there, you pick off a belt and you you beat cans and fucking cash checks. That's what they do there. <laughs> all everybody does there. It's the biggest <laughs> fucking joke of a division in boxing right now. But what's up with
1: our people from Maryland? Like, what's up with the DC cats? Like between Gurry, between Jurrit, you know what I mean, and between Tank. I mean, we got some part-timers, son.
0: I know, man. It's the worst. It pisses me off, man. I try to support the locals, but it's like, damn, I
1: thought he was retired. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'll be uh, wearing my burgundy and gold uh, Jarrett Hurd shirt um, this Saturday night, no doubt. Um, yeah, so I, I, I expect a stoppage here. Yeah. Yeah. As
0: long as the weight doesn't kill him. <laughs> I don't think it will. I, I think he'll make sure it doesn't because he doesn't really have to come in at one ninety. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey,
1: shit! Just fight Badu Jack, right? He's looking right. for he's looking for an opponent. I love that fight at one seventy five. That would be a fucking awesome fight. Just kick kick Aries out of there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Badou Jack versus Jean Pascal was going to happen. I have to be honest. Anybody that's listened to the show from the beginning will understand. I have had. A very strange sort of fan fandom of Badoo Jack ever since he was knocked out in the first round years ago. And the way that the guy bounced back in his career, I just love guys like this. Badu Jack is Carl Frotch to me. He's the he's the black Carl Frotch. In in the sense that it's just like the guy is so basic and so limited, maybe not even natural, you know? Um and it's just, dude, he gets so much out of it. I mean, the guy has put together a fantastic career. I always have this indelible fucking image of his forehead split from his hairline all the oh. way down to the fucking bridge of his nose. Brutal, dude. Oh, one of the, yeah, one of the most crucial uh, cuts in the history of boxing. There's no doubt about it. I don't know, man. You know, people say Badu Jack's boring. I, You know, I think the guy... Um, I think he's top notch. I really do. I've always, I've always really liked this guy a lot. Jean Pascal, on the other hand, I I have no, I I didn't have any interest in him. You know, to me, he's so far past that. I'm like, what is going on here? Are you the one that's in charge of all the fucking WBA regular belts? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, what are you doing, man? Like you you should have retired after you got murked by Kovalev the second time,
0: right? <laughs> right. I mean, dude. Should have Kovalev... retired after Hopkins did push-ups on you in the ring and, and your in your hometown. <clears throat> yeah. Uh,
1: do that fucking ascension there, right? Fucking Hopkins, <laughs> Hopkins murks, Pascal, Kovalev murks, Pascal twice, Kovalev dominates Hopkins. <laughs> Um, that's some calculus right there, I think, but, uh, Jean Pascal, my boy is not going to be participating in this one, Vin, because he decided to take more steroids than the 1976 East German women's swim team. (laughs) Did you see the list of things he popped for?
0: That's funny. You know, I like, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on steroids of any kind, but Oh, if you do, you will be scolded. Guarantee you that. (laughs) I do know a little bit and I don't I didn't recognize any of those fucking names that they threw out there but I le- I believe there was three different things he tested positive for. Yeah. I mean just the first thing I thought when I saw that was like, "Oh, no shit. Jean Pascal takes steroids." <laughs> Could have fooled me. I mean yeah. fucking the guy has looked ridiculous his entire career. And to be able to do what he's done with... Uh, he's a li- very limited, limited boxer. Like He's, yeah, he's a, like the Hank Lundy of like the super middleweight division. That's a great fucking comparison. He just relies on these, this weird power that he brings from odd angles. But the, his, the entire career, every time I watched him, I went, oh, this guy's fucking... He's juiced to the gills. <laughs> this guy's full of it. <laughs> he, he fucking is. I mean, he's, there's no way around it. I just... I was surprised that it's been that. You know what surprised me that it took that fucking long to catch him. That's what surprised me. <laughs> I caught him for everything, yeah. <laughs> for everything he's ever done. Right. <laughs> oh, that's been in there for years.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> he got the list of what he pissed out for.
0: Man, that's still in there. <laughs> took took that oh six. What the fuck? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's when they plucked that fucking pubic hair. I knew that was sus. <laughs> um. Okay. So I guess there's enough there to tune in. How much is it? Do you
0: know? I have no idea. I'm guessing seventy five. Mm, I can't foot that bill though. If it's no. fifty, I'll buy it. If yeah, if I ain't doing nothing, I'll catch a stream. I'll catch a solid stream somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Send that stream my way. Just fucking <laughs> keep it out of my mouth. All right? <laughs> all right, Vin. How about some news and notes? Uh, We got another fight announcement. I guess it came out right after we released episode 315. So here, we're bringing it to you now. Uh, First analysis, December 28th from Tokyo, Japan. It's Gennady Golovkin versus Ryota Murata for the WBA and IBF middleweight unification. Let me say this, Vin. This fight on its face, for what it's worth, uh, what it's for, where it's at, the event, I absolutely love this fight for Gennady Golovkin at this point in his career. I think this is going to be so much fun to watch. I really do. I just don't understand why they couldn't announce who he's going to fight this summer first. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the only thing. Um, <clears throat> hey, I'm all about this new G. Y- you know how I feel about this, all right? G is, he's jilted. He's angry. And he is basically just, you know, he's wagging his fucking dick at everybody right now, right? He gives no fucks. He gives middle fingers with his dick, right? <laughs> and 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 that's what we're getting. So if he's running his own career and he's calling the shots and he's telling Lawler when to, you know, make that move or this move, and that and that's what's happening. Good, the fuck for him. This Murata fight is great, but who is he fighting first? I mean I haven't even heard a list of names have you I mean I mean so like we don't even have like a
0: speculative well it could be one of these three guys (laughs) (laughs) who who you know what honestly you know I'm with you when it comes to like what Golovkin's doing this with this part of his career you know uh, he like there's still this want and this need for him to like prove to these dumbass boxing fans out there like there is a legit group of fucking just idiots when it comes to talking about Gennady Golovkin that it's like are you guys fucking retarded what were you not paying attention the most openly ducked fighter that it, 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 of my lifetime as a boxing fan mm-hmm. not just ducked openly ducked Like in the media, other fighters openly saying, I'm not interested in fighting the man, you know, your boy openly saying, (laughs) Carl Frotch, I'm not interested in fighting the man. It's like a goddamn mule. I want no part of it. And it's just, it's weird to me, you know, and and I get it. Like everybody's going to hate on this, uh, interim fight before this fight with, with Murata on the 28th. I don't give a fuck, man. He's fucking 40 years old, people. 40. How many other 40-year-olds are doing anything in the sport besides Manny Pacquiao? That's it. Right. And he's fighting the baddest motherfucker at his weight. Guess just it just so turns out, Ken, that Gennady Golovkin is interested in a third fight with the number one pound for pound fighter in the world right now. Oh, what, what, boy, what a fucking duck, that guy. Is. What is he doing? Why <laughs> so, is, why
1: is triple G doing that? That is, you know what, man? <laughs> I'm so tired of this guy. Like, why, <laughs> why does he want to fight the best fighter in the world? Who the fuck wants to fight the pound for pound King? It's, like it's, just ridiculous, man. I
0: mean, people just can't like, they can't, they're, their are their brains go into like retard mode when his name comes up and they just like, refuse to to let the truth enter and see clearly like good I'm happy you know what Golovkin fucking give them all all of them the skin flute salute baby let them see it fuck them all I don't care I'm I'm interested in the fight on the 28th the warm-up fight in between then I don't need to see him knock out any cans anymore I really don't care I'll tune in probably sure because it's Gennady Golovkin but I'm not gonna sit here and fucking tear it down like this guy's entire career has been just that, and Dude. that's all, and that's all he's interested in doing. It's like you guys are you're you're so fucking stupid, man. Literally morons. There's one fight that I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> What's that?
1: I'm telling you, there's one interim fight that I would be down for. Give me Chris Eubank Jr.
0: Oh, that would be fucking outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Eubank <laughs> Jr., he's he's one of the ones that openly ducked him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, he did. And 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 didn't he turn down like three milli for that fight?
0: Yes. Oh. He tried to squeeze a little bit more out of it, and Eddie said, Well, tough shit. Kel's <laughs> gonna Kel's gonna take that money, so kick rocks. Yeah, Kel's gonna take the two and a half mil and uh yeah. And a broken <laughs> and a broken face broken and a broken chi (laughs) (laughs) oh man
1: uh yeah i guess to be continued but um you know what man just just fucking apply some context enjoy it you know you fucking haters out there this dude's 40 years old and still wrecking shop just fucking get over it dude first ballot hall of fame signed seal delivered one of the great middleweights of our time it's okay man it's okay
0: stop ducking andre and charlo oh (laughs) (laughs) andre andre can we just real quick manix fanboying him last night again like he's like openly doing it I'm my god just fucking stop don't even use him to create context in anything else you're talking about dude manix is there for one reason he's a bridge to the
1: nba demographic that's it that's the only reason he's there
0: i don't even yeah they said some really dumb shit now too i can't remember a couple of things like thinking back at some of the statements that were made during those fights it was like do you guys watch boxing what are you what are you saying right yeah, now i know dude. there was there was a couple of them they'd thrown they'd throw it over to manix and he's like he's it's saying like, he's just a guy that's like yeah that's what he always does he always does that <laughs> we all know a guy like that
1: <laughs> oh man um okay well i think that'll do it for triple g until we see him again what? um but there is one bit of heavyweight news that i'd like to address anthony joshua has been mandated to fight his wbo mandatory in Alexander Usyk. we touched on about this a little bit in episode three hundred fifteen, but I, I saw an interview that Steve Kim from the Three Knockdown Rule did with Eddie Hearn and asked him about Alexander Usyk potentially being the next opponent. And the, the the gist of what Eddie said was, ah, I mean, probably, I, you know, I. But Eddie's tone—he seemed so fucking irritated by this, right? And it's not this look, I, I you know, I know I fanboy and go over the top. It's not this boogeyman thing. I know Anthony Joshua is not scared of Alexander Usyk whatsoever. But it definitely gives Eddie Hearn, you know, beyond bubble guts, he definitely gets a few sharts a day thinking about it, don't you think? Oh, I mean, I, I just don't. And then And then he goes on in this interview and he starts to like, like rattle off fucking joshua's resume i don't understand it like as if your murderer's row you went through oh we deserve a soft touch we can't fight Usyk right now that's the card you're gonna play okay lebron (laughs) i thought andy ruiz was a soft touch ken (laughs) <laughs> yeah until he wasn't i mean <laughs> if you actually touch him i'm sure it's very much like the pills buried do- <laughs> you know? but that's not the kind of soft
0: touch we're talking about here right you know what it all reeks of to me when i listen to eddie hearn talking about this next fight with joshua and, and whatever this entire situation it reeks of a guy that there's only one fight left on anthony joshua's deal with eddie hearn so I think Eddie Hearn in the back of his mind is going, motherfucker, I had I had him lined up. I had all the ducks in a row. He was going to re-sign with me. Everything's going to be good. Now I can't deliver what I said I could deliver, this, that, and the other. Anthony Joshua probably, I am not would never say he's ducking Usyk. There's just no way. After you've, watched, after you've watched Usyk fight at heavyweight, there's no reason for any other heavyweight to, to openly duck him. At this point. But I also think he's kind of probably like, I'd rather not. I mean, if we don't have to, I don't want to because it it might be a shitty looking fight. Like, it might just not... What heavyweight champion wants to fight an elite uh, uh, southpaw that moves? Right. You're not going to look good, more than likely, against Usyk. So it's just one of those fights that just doesn't really sell. It's, It's a tough one, you know? And to me, it just... Everything that I see Eddie Hearn doing now comes off as a guy that's kind of scrambling a little bit in his own mind, worried about losing a fighter, possibly Uh, a very lucrative fighter, his most lucrative fighter. You know, before he had Canelo, Anthony Joshua has been the gravy train uh, uh, for Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Sports. So that would be a massive blow to them. So that uh, that's the way I see it. But who the fuck knows, man? I. Eddie Hearn now with his conspiracy theories that they like, you know, that, uh, the PBC and, and Top Rank kind of just strung them along the whole time, and we playing them. I, come on, you know, I, you, you got to think for yourself a little bit there, Eddie. Like you, you, you seem like a smart enough guy to me that you don't just call somebody up and go. So that's how it is. Okay, sure thing, Bob Arum. I should believe everything you say, right, sir? Mm-hmm. Like you're dealing, you know what you're dealing with. You're fucking smart, like uh, I'm. At least I'm smart enough to hear you talk about it and go, "Cut the shit, man! Give me a fucking." Break. At least I'm smart enough to know you're not smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that, If that's if that's the case, we got ourselves a fucking. Houston, we got a problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the matchroom will go down as one of the biggest heists in the history of sports. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How did he pull that one off? <laughs> Um look either way, just make the fucking fight. I don't want to hear Eddie Hearns crying on this one. Oh boo-hoo, fucking billionaire Eddie Hearn and his fucking Dart Company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel so bad for him. No. Oh, sorry. Nope. I'll take 20% cut off of fucking AJ any day, son. <laughs> um, all right, Vin. Well, I think that will wrap it up unless you got anything else. Oh, Daniel Dubois returns to action with a uh, what looks like to be a super ultra Charmin soft opponent to try to get the, you know, the confidence juices
0: flowing again. Yeah. You, you show me a fighter who, who takes a knockout loss and comes back to fight for an vacant interim belt. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow. Well now you definitely can't argue that this is a fucking mismatch because they're fighting for a title <laughs> in the interim. We'd like to fight for this vacant belt. Ken. <laughs>
1: Why is it vacant? And why is it in what is it in lieu of? <laughs> <laughs>
0: so fucking stupid, man.
1: Oh, the WBA strikes again. Um, I'm I stand pretty firm on Daniel Dubois from the moment that I saw him. Um, I think that he is a more deceiving
0: um version of Gerald Washington. <laughs> i know you have been from the beginning like yeah I, I don't see it no i mean dude look a frank warren
1: heavyweight no i'm just kidding <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it just i don't know man you know sometimes you you get right on you know some of this stuff and other times you you, know, you get it without lube it just uh that's the way uh you know predicting shit goes you know I know, play. I know. Uh, um, you know, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, folks, is that as we go on this journey with you um, and the, these premium subscriptions to the Boxing Rant podcast, we do promise re- uh, the return of Brana. We promise the return of Bob Bennett. Okay. All of your favorite characters will will come together and new ones will be introduced um you know that's part of being a premium
0: subscriber all it's gotta, access pay-per-view cloud you get all of it it's, it's got to be organic though you can't just force it every episode it has to happen organically but we promise you
1: we promise you we may even have bob bennett on the show for an interview We may even have Lomas Brown interviewing Bob Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) We just got to dig through the impression box and see what combo we come up with. (laughs) Lomas Brown. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Let's get out of here, man. Um, We'll keep you guys updated on Patreon. Spread the word, spread the links, spread your seed. Be free. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter At Vince Cummings 81 And at Kenny Keith Jr And again we're on Patreon.com Backslash Boxing Rant uh, So we'll see you next time On episode 317 Of the Boxing Rant Podcast
0: But I'm the best ever My style is impetuous There's no one that can match me I'm the most brutal and vicious And most ruthless champion There's ever been My defense is impregnable anybody
1: can get it